We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. Morning, church. Now, I was going to say, let's put the lights right down. Lean back, close our eyes, and I'll see you in 20. (laughs) It feels like it, doesn't it? You get tired and you think, this is hard. I don't think I've ever sweated so much. And look at my pasty English skin. It's brown. Come on, this doesn't happen. Out there putting up little bud lights and zip ties. And I don't care if I don't see another zip tie in my entire life. But you know, there's something, when, when you're sitting doing it, you're tired, you're frustrated, the sweat is dripping off you. And then you remember somebody might come to faith. Somebody's life might be transformed to the very fibre of who they are. Oh man, I just went to naught to 100. Oh, that adrenaline feels good. You realise what it does in your spirit. Hey, something starts to come to life. And I'm talking about the fight of faith this morning. Now, I was talking to Phil the other day and I'd realised because we were doing the lights on the roof with Wayne and everything. Wayne is a legend, by the way. I had these glasses that I'd ordered and they'd come in. I couldn't actually get there in business hours to even go pick them up. So I finally got time to pick them up. And I went in there and I I put them on and the guy said to me, he said, what's wrong? I said, these are rubbish, man. They don't work. I said, you've made them wrong. And he said, no, no, no. He said, what can you read? I said, well, I can see the everyday rewards sign there at Woolies. He said, well, what does the next sign say? And I said, well, it says bog tooth. And he said, hang on. He said, try your old glasses on. He said, what does it say? Dog food. And I said, yeah, that makes more sense. I didn't think woolly sold bog tooth, whatever that is. But he said, I'll be back in a minute. And he took my frames and he started to bend them and he started to adjust them. And the way that I began to see got clearer and clearer and clearer. And now I'm wearing them this morning and I can see my notes. So good. But I realised it actually, I needed an adjustment on the way that I saw things to see things clearly. We've been going through this series called Today and we've been getting some great messages talking about these, these heroes of the faith, these people that have stepped up, these ones that actually see in faith. It's almost like they have a different pair of glasses than we do at some time. And sometimes we're just looking going, bog tooth, what's bog tooth? But when we put on a set that are made for us, we begin to see the world the way that they do. Because we, they they look and they go, they see things not as though they are. You know that? How weird is that in Scripture? It says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not yet see. There's something in faith that gives you this focus, gives you this ability to see the hand of God before it's already there. You know, when Phil says, God is guiding us to Christmas at Life Point, it couldn't have been, even if a hand appeared and said, do it. Hey, do you think? With the financial situation, with the way things came together. Now, this won't excite anybody, but it really excited me. We didn't have enough blue strip for the front sign. So it would have been, Christmas at life, and it would have had no point. But 
But I ordered this blue strip and blue strip always takes about three weeks. And we were about two weeks out. And I thought, it's not gonna make it, it's not gonna make it. I ordered it on the Friday, it arrived in my office on Tuesday morning. And I'm thinking, this can't be Australia Post. It's not possible. But this stuff arrived and then I ordered something else and it came overnight. And I'm thinking, this has got to be a move of God. Because Wayne and I working together, all of a sudden we were finished about a week ahead of schedule. And I'm saying to him, this is pretty good, man. And then Phil says, we're moving it a week. And I'm thinking, now I know why. (laughs) Because God had actually orchestrated things. But often the glasses that we wear are so cloudy, we're not fully persuaded. We're not even convinced in our faith. Something in our heart needs to step up. Something in our hearts needs to go, like Abraham, he was fully persuaded in his faith. Like in Scripture, when it talks about the woman with the issue of blood, she wanted to be healed. She pressed into Jesus because she knew that was where hope was. You look at Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. There was real fire those guys went into, but there was something in them. They were so convinced of who their God was that nothing would stop them, that their hope was secure. You know, sometimes I look at life and I think, I want to be them. I so want to be them. Because you look at the confidence. But then I start to talk to myself, I start to read the Bible and realise that if I'm confident in my faith, what am I putting my confidence in? An almighty God who is all powerful, true? How can I not put my faith in Him? How could I do the opposite? Because He is all powerful, so God is able to do far beyond what we think or imagine. No, I think He is. He is faithful. You know, God can't deny Himself. His very nature will outwork. It has to. It's why the universe runs. It's why creation happened. There's an overflow that comes from who God is that He's faithful to. See, He watches over His Word to perform it. One of my favourite scriptures, I'll quote it till the cows come home. John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Such a cool scripture. But God watches over that word for it to outwork in your life and in the lives of those around you. And in life point, us as a corporate people. And you know what? We can be confident in the truthfulness of God, can't we? God doesn't lie, does He? Well, if He doesn't lie, then what He says is true. Do you know those parts in the Bible where you'd rather rip that page out? Where it calls you to do something that you're super not comfortable with? You know when it says, that beautiful one that says, 
If you believe in me, the things that I'm doing, you will do also, but greater things will you also do. I looked at that list and I thought, I'm not doing real flash. To, to put it in the AB terms, the list of texts. <laughs> I'm thinking, have I raised anyone from the dead this week? Boom, boom. I haven't parted water. I haven't done any of these amazing things. And yet Jesus says, I invite you into this. I invite you to see lives changed. I invite you to lead people to faith and show them what I'm like. See, if God's promised something, He'll do it every time. He says, come to me, your life will be transformed. And you know something about faith, which I really, really love. Faith is not afraid of the facts. Not one second is it afraid of. Faith is not afraid of COVID because God isn't. Not afraid of any of that stuff. Not afraid of any disease that you can mention. And you know, sometimes we can say, oh, I don't have that in Jesus' name. Let's be honest. If there's something wrong with you, there's something wrong with you. But doesn't God work into the wrong? Doesn't God heal? Doesn't He restore? This is the God that we serve. So if you've got a broken leg, you're not gonna say, oh, in Jesus' name, I don't have a broken leg. If the sucker's hanging out the side, it's there. You know, I had a mate and I loved him. He was a great guy. But he'd come to me and he'd have the flu and I'd be snotting everything. It's gross. Eyes are all swollen up and I don't have the flu in Jesus' name. I said, dude, you got the flu, there's snot. Pray, pray into it, ask for healing. But don't deny it, there's actually a fact there that something's wrong. This is our God who will step up in spite of every circumstance. The fact that we're doing Christmas at LifePoint now is brilliant. The fact that after a storm, we didn't just go home and cry. We pulled those suckers to pieces and nobody knew. We just didn't know that a gazebo could fly quite that well. And you know, faith is also not afraid to pit the power of God against the power of darkness. To begin to pray for people, to begin to engage with people. Ask God for the healing, ask God for transformation. Our drama is, I don't know, I was walking around last night and you know how you've got that don't talk to people-itis? I get that sometimes because this stupid gland of dumb swells up in my neck. And you go, I'll talk to them because they're already smiling. There's a grumpy one, I won't talk to them. And you almost talk yourself out of it. The thing is with faith, we'll actually only do what we believe we can do. How cool would it be if we noticed someone struggling and just say, hey, can I pray for you? I believe God can do something in your circumstance. Because a lot of the time we can say we have faith, but what does that look like lived out? I mean, some people say to me, I'll just live the way I do and my actions will speak and I don't, don't have to say anything to someone. That's like having a feeding program with no food. 
Gospel is power and gospel is words. It's the word of the Lord. Oh man, tonight imagine if we look for those people and faith rises up within you and you begin to speak and you say, can I pray for you? And they say, no. (laughs) You thought I was gonna say, yeah, didn't you? And then they walk away and you pray anyway. And God starts to change their circumstance. And then God starts to put a boldness in you. Then you ask another one and they say, yes. And then you pray and stuff begins to happen. We begin to see the birth of revival in this place. So a lot of people have faith. You remember years ago, there was a picture of a flag. It was for the America's Cup. It had the boxing kangaroo on it. So this kangaroo with a dirty big pair of red boxing gloves. Now, Australians are known fighters around the world. We have a sense of mongrel to us, don't we? Like even the nicest old lady in Australia still got that sparkle in their eye. They're full of sass. Don't you believe they're all niceness for a moment? They do have that sass and we have that in us. The fact that Australia is even a nation proves that we can fight. All you need to do is go out west thinking you're going to have the most wonderful holiday in the world. There's like 80 bajillion flies out there. It's a thousand degrees. And it is one of the most inhospitable places ever. But look at us. There's Australians all over this place. Our First Nation people wander it and thrived. And Australians are known throughout the world in our military as rugged and tough. And they never give up. I wonder if we've done exactly that with our faith, that we've parked the thing and thought, this is a passive thing. Whereas faith is to be active. Faith is to be something that we actually press into to have a spirit that's actually ready to fight. I don't know about you, but we've had a journey with our older daughter and most of you already know this. She's been sick for years and years and years. And we are still fighting for her healing because my God is a good God. If you have an issue that is big, fight. Turn around and start to get into it again with one that will actually start to attack the problem and call the power of God into action. I mean, if we want revival, we have to fight, aren't we? Fight in prayer, fight with our passion to have a radical spirit, almost even a raw courage, that mongrel thing that Australians seem to have better than anyone else. When everybody says too inhospitable, Australian goes, we'll go do that. How cool would that be if they said, you can't do that church? We said, oh yes, we can. You can't move an event 30,000 people a week forwards. Oh yes, we can. And people will come to faith to have that sense of radical that doesn't conform and doesn't cower. 
that dare I say is not out to impress people, but to impress God and God alone. To begin to see His power move. A right spirit. That's something we should be fighting for all the time. Something bold, something courageous, something righteous within us. A.B. talked about Joshua. I'm sorry, Phil talked about Joshua. Bold, courageous, strong. He rose up. David, when he fought Goliath, he rose up. And the actual word that's used means he was spitting mean when he faced Goliath. So there was something that rose up within him that overwhelmed his weakness, that actually saw how big and how great God was. And then pitted the power of God against the enemy and saw the enemy as absolutely insignificant. I wonder sitting here today, do we know what the will of God is? What is it in your life? The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy but I have come that they might have life and life to the full. Do you know what you want in God? Do we as a people, if we want revival, then how about we fight? Not just prayer on Tuesday, but we start to cry out from who we are. Do we know what's needed to be done? And you know what? We can turn around and say, I have no idea, but all of us know. All of us know ourselves well enough that those little nagging things that slow us down and the nagging things that hold us back. See, because I love prayer, but prayer alone's not gonna do it. Faith alone won't do it. Parent authority alone won't do it. But what if you combined all of that with a bit of fight? I think that'd do it. I think that would change it. Let me read to you a little bit from Hebrews chapter 11. Who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle, routed foreign armies, women received back Dead, they're dead, raised to life again. Others were tortures, refused to be released so they could gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers, flogging, while others were chained and put in prison. Stone, sword in half, put to death by the sword. They went around in sheepskins, goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. And here's my favourite. The world was not worthy of them. Church, I wanna encourage you. Do something with the faith that you have. Start to stretch it, start to push it. To say, God, would you change me? Would you increase in me a passion for the lost and a passion for your presence? I guarantee tonight you're not gonna go out there all... But we need to start, don't we? We need to start somewhere. Because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. We have thousands of broken people walking through our property by choice. That can't be a mistake. I think the Lord is saying to us, come on, life point. Where's your faith? Come on, build that thing. 
get around each other and encourage each other. What if in the coffee shop they started talking like, I'm praying for this one. I want to pray for that one. How about that one? How about that one? How about in the food court? How about in the tunnel? If they were welcomed in the power of God. How about in the animal farm? Because you know, a lot of people, they need Jesus, don't they? Some of them don't even know it. Well, most of them don't. But what if they met Jesus in a life point shirt? What if tonight was the night they got healed? What if tonight was the night they got saved? What if something happens in the show where somebody comes to faith? Isn't that what we're after? Church, can the worship team come up, please? I want to say to you, I have this faith thing absolutely nailed, but I have to be honest and say, I do not. I wish I did. I still suffer from don't talk to the Midas. I suffer from that dude is really big and he'd probably eat me for lunch if I said anything. But as I step out, I'm realising so many people need the hope that we have. So many people don't have someone bigger than themselves to rest in. And a hope that goes beyond their sickness, their circumstance and their problems. I wonder, can we do that? That's a question I'm asking you, can we? You're very quiet. I don't mind quiet, but it tends me to sleep. My heart is that every single one of you starts to move in the power of God. That all of a sudden your quiet times explode to life. That as you read the Bible, your heart would leap within you. That you wanna share the Word just because God loves you so much. My prayer is that tonight will be radically different that we will begin to see people transformed. But let me pray for you because I think it's got to start with us. Father, I so want to thank You for this beautiful church, for this incredible group of gifted people. Father, the ones watching online as well, that Lord, as we pray, something new would happen. You tell us in Scripture, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Father, give us a sense of faith that, Lord, we would be readjusted to see clearly, that we would see the broken the way You do, that we would see circumstance, Lord God, compared to how big You are, how awesome You are, that today we would be transformed more and more into Your likeness. And Lord, I pray for boldness tonight to speak, boldness to pray, boldness to hope that Father, every man, woman and child who walks through this place would see Jesus in us. That Father, there would be something beautiful that You would do. Because we know, Lord, this is Your will. We're Your church and we commit ourselves in Jesus' Name. Amen.